Well, I want to talk to you about going forward in courage, using David as our example. He was the youngest of eight boys and given a job by his father, a job his brothers did not want. He was exposed to heat by day, cold by night. He was a sheep herder. If he lost a sheep, he experienced the disapproval of dad, the scorn of brothers. But he did not become discouraged in the things he did. He turned his job into a classroom. And because he knew God in a personal way, he knew a God-given confidence that others would never experience, but he tried to teach others that same kind of confidence, and we're going to talk about that today. David decided to do his best to protect the sheep under his care. He learned how to encourage himself in the Lord. He discovered that strength came from God, and the way he experienced that strength was by meditating on Scripture and praying night and day. One night, a lion smashed through the brush and went after a lamb. Quickly, David took a club, caught the lion by the jaw, and beat the thing to death. It's kind of a bloody sermon. Keep going. The lamb was spared. Later, a similar incident took place with a bear, and using a club, he took that bear down. All these things being a classroom for God. My devotion yesterday was about a lion and a bear. And when the lion and the bear come, we could get mad. Why do I have to face a lion and a bear? But God uses the lion and the bear to bring good things in our life if we are willing to learn. So if you want to say amen, you can go ahead and do so. All right. What others would view unimportant, David learned the importance from God. David valued the Lord at the center of his life. He walked with God. He gave his life to God. He allowed God to work through him. And so his assignment was sheep, therefore he would defend them. And God gave to him an unwavering courage in the face of struggles in life. So when David went to the front line of battle where the Israelites were facing off against the Philistines, his spirit was offended at the behavior of their enemies. The Israelites were being led by King Saul. The Philistines were being represented by Goliath the giant. The Philistines were not afraid, but the Israelites were. The Israelite soldiers looked at Goliath and they said, he's too big to defeat. David looked at Goliath and said, he's too big to miss. Okay, thank you for the amen. Too big to miss. And I'm going to apply this passage to your lions and bears, your struggles and obstacles. And I want you to know they're too big to miss. Too big. The bigger they are, they're too big to miss. Still with me? Too big to miss. David knew God was on his side. He had God-given courage. He approached the army of the Philistines with the confidence that he would succeed. 
because God was giving him that something on the inside of his soul that was grit and strength and ability to move forward in faith and realize that God is greater than everything and anything. And when God is for us, how can we miss? All right? So how important is courage? How important? You can't measure it. I don't know that you touch it, but you sense when it's there. How important is courage? Where does it come from? Do you have courage to face your lion or your bear? And do you know where to get courage for victory? So with those questions, we're going to wade into this passage of Scripture. First of all, talking about the challenges you face. The nation of Philistia had been a source of conflict for Israel from the time they had entered the promised land. By the time that Saul became king and David was being raised up to fight the giant Goliath, Philistia was armed with iron weapons of war and all Israel had to defend themselves were farming tools. Not a very good place to be, farming tools. Not that I put farming tools down, but if you're going to use them for battle, they're not what you want. The people of Israel were threatened. Reading to you from 1 Samuel 17, 2 and following. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another. With the valley between them... A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span, somewhere, folks, around ten feet. Now, you know I am not ten feet, okay? I know I am not ten feet. It would be something to face off with a ten-foot giant. The Philistines had a way of recruiting big people. Goliath was one. They may have been descendants from the Rephaim. In addition, their city-states had joined together in battle against Israel, and their purpose was they were going to make the Israelites their slaves. Now, just so you know, if you haven't figured it out, Satan wants you to be his slave. Just in case you haven't figured it out, Satan wants you to be his slave. And he is well-equipped, and he's been doing it a long time, and he knows what to do, knows what to do. So the Israelites responded with dismay. First Samuel seventeen eight and following, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. God had defended Israel in many ways, before this face-off with Goliath. 
As a matter of fact, there had been a battle at Michmash not too long before where God had protected them and kept them at that time from becoming the slaves of the Philistines. Even so, with that victory in their past, the Israelites felt defenseless in the face of this giant Goliath. And they were not trusting God to fight for them again. They had defeat in their soul. Their faith was weak. They felt dismay and terror. They were trembling in their boots. Everybody faces difficulties. Have you found that God, God of the universe, does not keep you away from all struggles of life? Have you found that out? Have you found that out? You could get mad at him and you could shake your fist and say, you're big enough to stop this. Why would you allow me to face these things? But I'm here to tell you, God allows us to face off with struggles, with giants, with lions, with bears, with difficulty. We have emotions. They're a part of who we are. And faith in God is the path to victory. So today I want to ask you, what are the challenges you face? Your challenges, what are they? What are your challenges? What, what is the lion before you? What is the bear to be fought? What is it that you need to face off with and overcome? Now I'm here to tell you, God could defeat the lion and the bear for you. But I believe that God will use you in the defeat of the lion and the bear. Do you like my theology or you're just getting mad? Okay, God will use you in the defeat of the lion and the bear. He could do it without you, but God, I believe, wants to use you in the fray. Still with me? Are you mad at me? You okay? All right. We're going to accept the challenges and go for them. All right, second thought, the criticisms that come from other people. Three of David's older brothers were at the battlefront with the Israelites at the Valley of Elah. David's father decided to send bread and cheese to his sons and their commander. So David was selected. Young, ruddy David. First Samuel seventeen seventeen and following. Now Jesse, this is the dad, said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how their brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So here's Goliath taunting the Israelites day after day for 40 days. The two armies stood across from each other. Diane and I have been to the location of this face-off. By the time David had arrived at the front line, the heart of Israel had melted. Terrible thing when your heart melts. Terrible thing. It's hard to pick it up. It's hard to pick it up. Terrible thing when your heart melts. The heart of Israel had melted in terror. 
David delivered his care package. He greeted his three brothers, and he witnessed the defiance of the giant named Goliath. David wanted to figure out what was going on. Reading now, 1 Samuel 17, 26 and following. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Can you sense the contempt in his voice? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. This is nasty. This is nasty. David was spiritually alarmed that no one in Israel had responded to the offense of the giant. When David started asking questions about the confrontation, Eliab, his older brother, heard the conversation and accused David of being presumptuous, of being evil, of being proud and being naughty, of being conceited and being wicked. All those words mean the same thing. And David was incensed spiritually at the defiance of the Philistines. And behind it, folks, behind it was Satan himself wanting to destroy these people and turn them into slaves again. David was spirit discerning, discerning. His spirit was alarmed. It was upset. This was wrong. This should not be. The people of God should not become the slaves of somebody else. And one of the easiest ways to take somebody down is to criticize. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who like to get into that. And they do it well. They know how to push buttons. Yes. And most of us have a button or two. Yeah. Or three or four. And people who get to know us learn where they are. And how to push them. How to get to us. How to put us down. Has that happened to any of you? How many of you think you may have a button or two? Button or two? Button or two? Yeah, button. Some of us wear it on our forehead. <laughs> button. Some of us hide our buttons. Hide our buttons. But people who hang around long enough figure out our buttons. And there's some people who really get into putting pushing buttons. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Can I can I meddle? Somebody say yes. Somebody say thank you very much. Boy, that was a lot of you. At Poplar Creek, it only took one for me to get to meddle. You know, just if one of them said yes, then I got to meddle. Um, this whole thing of having buttons. You're a human being. 
You are not perfect. Am I blowing you away? You are not perfect. You're a human being. There are times you can be uh, offended. There are times you can be hurt. There are times you can feel run over by somebody who put you down, criticized you. And the one behind the criticism is Satan. Who ultimately wants to enslave you. For if you believe the criticism, you don't need anybody else to do anything to hurt you. All all Satan needs you to do is believe it. And then he enslaves you. And you get caught up on the inside and your heart churns. And that struggle continues. And you crumble And you begin to act like these Israelites who were dismayed and terror-stricken, trembling in their boots and falling apart on the inside and wondering when is the last shoe going to drop? And when is the enemy going to come across the line and take me down? Do you know what I'm talking about? Criticisms. Have any of you ever faced criticism? About four of you. God bless the rest of us. Amen. Never been criticized before. (laughs) Oh, man. Hmm. David was alarmed that no one was responding. I'm stomping my foot. Was responding <laughs> to the offense of the giant. They were trembling. And when David began to ask questions about the confrontation, Eliab, his brother, the brother that he had brought food for, hello. The older brother who should be taking care of him, hello. The brother who was a member of his own household, home ought to be safe, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? Home should be safe. The brother who shouldn't be acting this way was accusing David of all this wrong. If you do the Lord's will, as a matter of fact, all you need to do is is come to Christ and have your sin forgiven, and you become the target of Satan. He hates you. He wants to take, he wants to enslave you. He wants to hurt you. He wants to harm you. He wants to hit you. He wants to kick you. He wants to stomp on you when you are down. And criticisms are such an easy way. Easy, easy way. 
And God wants to help steal us. Not S-T-E-A-L, S-T-E-E-L. He wants to make, he wants to give us a backbone of steel. He wants to give us a, hmm, he wants to give us rhino hide. Rhino hide. It may not be pretty, but it works. All right? Rhino hide. All the while keeping our heart soft, tender to God, so that when opposition comes, persecution happens, that there is a stability of heart and soul inside of us that sustains us and keeps us in Jesus. When Jesus is in you, he'll help you discern. He he does. The Holy Spirit has lots of gifts. Discernment is one of them. And when Satan's behind something, the Holy Spirit will let you know. When no, that is not something to accept. And there's so many criticisms that want to rob you of the identity given to you by your Savior. And if you believe them, they will hurt you and ultimately enslave you and take you down. How many of us have ever been down? All right? Yeah. And he wants us down for the count. Down. Down. For the count. I have another sermon that I preached that I'm not going to preach today. How long do I get? (laughs) Paul on the island of Malta. Do you remember the, the serpent that came out of the fire and attached itself to his arm? Um, what would have happened? What would have happened? If the rest of Paul's life, he just went about with that serpent dangling from his arm. Yeah. Just dangling there. Just dangling. Just dangling. Rest of his life. What's that on your arm, Paul? Oh, I was on the island of Malta shipwrecked and the serpent came out of the fire and attached to me and I never got rid of it. Still there, still there, still there, hanging on. Criticism can be just like that serpent, hanging on. If you saw somebody and there was a snake dangling from their arm, would you think there was something peculiar? <laughs> like, you know that you're going to buy clothing that just wraps around that thing? <laughs> when you put on your coat in the winter and you go to church, you get a coat that's big enough to cover the serpent that hangs from your arm. You take your coat off and there's that thing hanging. And people say, what's that? Oh, it's my serpent. (laughs) Yes, it happened to me when I got shipwrecked on the island of Malta. It's my woe. It's my struggle. It's my cross to bear. 
And you say to them, you crazy person, why don't you get rid of it? But when you keep the criticisms, it's not much different. Still with me? You you keep the criticisms. Not much different. The snake is dangling. The poison's working. And the plan of hell to destroy your life is there. And that makes me mad. And that's what David felt. His brothers, their commander, the king, the people of Israel were all trembling under a lie. They'd owned it. The serpent was dangling. The poison was working. And they were being overcome And the spirit of the Lord inside him said, no. A thousand times, no. This isn't right. This isn't God's plan. This isn't the way he works. It's the way the powers of darkness and evil try to destroy people and take them down one by one. No way. My prayer for you today is that your spirit rises up in your soul and says, I am not willing for a serpent to dangle from my arm anymore. I am not willing to be defined by the criticisms of life that people want to level against me. And so I ask you, what are the criticisms that you need to face and overcome? Third thought. Courage. David spent many hours reflecting on the nature of God when he kept his father's sheep in the wilderness. He knew the history of the Israelites and how God had miraculously brought them out of slavery in Egypt and brought them into the promised land. He knew that they had failed To believe all those promises. And to the degree that they did not believe. Their lives had become weaker. So David declared his faith. 1 Samuel 17, 34 and following. But David said to Saul. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. With a lion or a bear came. And carried off the sheep from the flock. I went after it. Struck it. And rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. When David kept his father's sheep, he had the encounter with the lion and the bear. When David saw the lion come and the bear come, 
he pursued these adversaries and struck them down, delivering those lambs. David confessed that Goliath would be like the lion and the bear because he had defied the armies of the living God. So when David shared this confession with King Saul, the king gave him his blessing to attack the giant. And David responded, verses 45 and following, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. One like this. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spirit that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. So David rose up. He approached the giant in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. He told Goliath that he would strike him down, cut off his head, and deliver the dead bodies of the Philistine army to be eaten by birds and wild animals. And as a result, the world would know there is a God who saves by his power and that the battle is the Lord's. What will happen when God's people rise up against the foes of life? And do so in the name of the Lord Almighty. And are not overcome by the lies of hell. But believe the promises of God given through Jesus Christ. And stand up with courage in heart and soul. And face off with the enemies that have come their way. The whole world will know that there is a God who saves. That he is greater than every battle. And that there is nothing greater than the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 What happens when I amen myself? I don't know. But I like to do it. Hallelujah. David was courageous. Why? Because he knew his God. The result of knowing God is to discover, here it is, here it is, the battle is the Lord's. Wow. Where was it won? At the cross. Suzanne, you already told us that today. Was won at the cross. In the death and resurrection of our Savior. Do you know the enemy was defeated. When, hear me, hear me. We're not waiting for him to be defeated. He was defeated. The enemy was defeated. I'm going to keep going until you believe it. He was defeated. He was. He was. Amen. 
He was defeated. Yeah. So do you need to tremble in your boots because a lion has come your way? Do you need to be afraid because there's a bear at your doorstep? Do you need to believe the criticisms that have been leveled against you by people who do not speak for God? I'm going to meddle a little further. Somebody say I can. All right. Do you want to keep believing the thoughts you have against yourself that don't line up with the Bible and what God has to say about you? You are not the last, the least. You are not left out. It is not true that other people's prayers are answered and yours are not. The arm of the Lord is not short on your behalf. Others are not more special than you. Jesus died for all. And his word is true. It is yea and amen. And the battle is the Lord's. Do you need more courage in your life today? Sure. Do I need more courage in my life? Somebody say yes. We all need more courage in our life. First Samuel seventeen fifty and 51. I'm going to stop soon, I think. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. Can you imagine? A sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off the head with the sword. When the Philistines saw their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Ah, okay, here comes, here comes. When Jesus died... On the cross, he defanged the devil. Yeah, he pulled those teeth right down out of the gums and the bone. He defanged the devil. He broke the power of hell. The ability of sin to captivate people was overcome. The ability of the last enemy, death, to hold people in its clutches, absolutely defeated. He has won the victory, and the victory is yours. So I want to ask you to give your lion and your bear to the Lord. How many of you have a lion or a bear that needs to be given to the Lord today? Okay, we're going to give our lion or or, or our bear to the Lord. Actually... God's using the lion and the bear just to help you. And you may have not known that. Okay. Second, we're going to give to the Lord our criticisms. How many of us are giving to the Lord our criticisms today? Okay. And third, we're receiving the courage of the Lord. Our courage of the Lord. Amen. And we're going to pray with you because you have responded today. And I want you to... Receive every victory 
that is yours. And so the victory today is going to center around the Lord Almighty displaying himself in your life that the battle is the Lord's. Okay? All right. Those of you who would receive prayer, will you come? I guess you need to stand first before you come. Can't come when you're sitting down. Would you stand first? And then you're going to receive prayer for the lion and the bear to be defeated, for the criticisms to be rooted out, for the snake dangling from the arm to be cast away, for the courage of the Lord to be in heart and soul. So if you'd allow prayer... Would you come from where you are right now? And let's pray in victory.